With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Woo! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up and welcome into the Friday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside Pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer. Happy news to report from last night's win as the Pelicans defeat the Denver Nuggets 122-107. to Our guest for today's show is Tass Mellis from NBA TV or formerly NBA TV, but he does do have a new show called Handles with Channing Frye. We'll talk to him about that and also about his No Dunks podcast with his crew from the starters. Kind of an evergreen conversation about what's going on in the NBA right now, including his thoughts on the New Orleans Pelicans. But, Jim, while we have you here, let's talk about last night's win over the Denver Nuggets. And it just feels so good to finally get that one in the win column. Yeah, I mean, you can talk a lot about um, they played well in this game. They had some good efforts. They played the Raptors tight. They played the Mavs relatively tight. They went down to the last shot or so against the Rockets. But... The bottom line is when, as we know, when you look in the newspaper or on pelicans.com and you look at the records, they were 0-4. So the more losses you get, the more of a nagging feeling it is that you still don't have a win, regardless of how, how well you might have played for portions of some of the previous games. So definitely a big change in, in uh, the way the way everyone's feeling and hopefully something that they can carry over into this road trip they have coming up. And two things that have been a, a cause for concern for the Pelicans really did improve tonight. First, the free throw disparity actually belonged to the Pelicans tonight as they doubled the Denver Nuggets 32-16 to 16 in attempts. And then we talk about the fouling, defense playing defense without fouling. One, you hold the Denver Nuggets team to 107 points. But with that being said, you only allowed them to take 16 free throws. Yeah, not to get too deep into the league rankings, this especially this early right. in the season, but they were one of the worst teams in the league in free throw attempts that they took they were also one of the bottom five or six I think in how much they were allowing to the other side so that was a big turnaround and hopefully you know again something that they can carry over Jao Kafour got to the line 13 times I think you said on the post game that that was his career high or yes, tied his career high um, and Brandon Ingram who's been doing a great job of getting to the line had 11 of those so just those two guys I think did a great job and the defense was so much better than it had been in the previous games, which was a big reason why the Nuggets weren't able to get to the line very much with just the 16 attempts that you mentioned. And speaking of defense, you know, nice to have Drew Holiday back on the floor. Missed the last two games with a knee injury. His defense, that presence was felt tonight as Jamal Murray shot one of eight when Drew was the primary defender on him. He was very disruptive. I thought Drew set a good tone 
as he almost always does defensively, where he was very um, getting his hands on deflections. And also, offensively, he came out and was shooting threes and was just really aggressive. Uh, it seemed like the f- the first quarter, even though the Pelicans were, it was only 32-30 at the end of the first quarter, it did seem like at the very beginning of the game that you could tell that the effort and the energy was much higher than what it was Monday against Golden State. A couple guys that shine tonight uh, that we mentioned on the post-game show as well, and you just mentioned him, Jalil Okafor. It was a tying 10 free throws tonight, career, tying a career high of 10 free throws. He has a new career high in attempts with 13, and then Frank Jackson, 21 points. So those two, the Duke products, combined for 47 points tonight. I thought both those guys were kind of the catalyst for the for the Pelicans' win. Yeah, both by far had their best games of the season so far. I know it's only five games in, but still it was – for both of those guys, just very no- notable the way that they played. Um, the Duke uh, guys, this is something I mentioned in my um, post-game rap last night. The the four Duke players who played were 25 for 37 from the field, so I thought that was a pretty pretty good stat. And the one Duke player, as we know, who's not playing right now was through the roof with his shooting and his field goal percentages during preseason. So definitely a good sign that the, the other four guys that played – all did really well and they were you know shot over made basically made two-thirds of their shot attempts which is great didn't you call out will guillory for that on twitter i did but you know what a different will will mclaren from pr egged me on and told me you should you should tag will guillory in this tweet i didn't want to do it well but you, you came I, to the peer pressure i did i succumbed to him to him you know just telling me you need to do this and you better do this and if you don't um, He'll throw re- you in a locker or right, something? Right, there'll be repercussions <laughs> later. So, uh, And then I just saw Will Guillory after the game, and he told me he was disappointed in me. So I guess you can't make everyone happy. It's like when you hear from your dad, and you're not mad, but you're disappointed. <laughs> it was kind of like that. And, you know, as a Syracuse guy, I told Will there's no friends in the ACC, so I will throw daggers at Duke and North Carolina, especially when someone tells me that I should – I should do that. So. Can you throw daggers at Appalachian State, who Alvin Gentry's team lost to Georgia Southern last night? Why not? Why I mean, not? Alvin was clearly furious about that after the game when he found out the news. I, I don't – I probably should stay out of the – I don't even know what conference that is. Sunbelt, baby. Okay, I should I should stay out of that because I have enough issues in the ACC of my own, but why not? I'll I'll say, say negative things about App State. What okay. the heck? For the second straight year, the Georgia Southern Eagles end their reign as a top 25 team. So I, was, I mm. thought it was just – you know, as a guy that went to Georgia Southern, I don't know. It's just <laughs> seemed pretty impressive to me. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're very happy for me. Before we go to Tass Mellis, anything else that I missed that kind of stuck out to you from uh, last night's win over the Nuggets? Um, I think the, I think one of the th- we we covered so much in this end as well as last night on the post game show on the radio. But um, I think one thing that we really didn't probably talk about was the three point shooting differential. Right. And the the Nuggets were seven for twenty six from three point range. The Pelicans were like exactly middle of the pack in the league going into the game Thursday, so that was really encouraging. I don't know how much of that was just the Nuggets weren't were missing, but it did seem like there were fewer wide open looks that the Pelicans gave up compared to the previous few games. All right, as promised, joining me now is Tass Mellis. Of course, you remember him from the starters on NBA TV, but now he has a new venture, a couple of new things to be exact. He's a part of the Athletic and the No Dunks podcast, and he also debuted a, a new show on Wednesday night called Handles. He does that with Channing Frye. Um, you can watch it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, building up to NBA TV's 30-minute show, which recaps 
the top highlights and storylines. Tass, how are you? You're a busy man these days now. Hey, Daniel. I thought you were going to say you remember him from the Black and Blue podcast we did a, a couple years back. Yes, you are a friend of the program, as we like to call it. Absolutely. Back in the, the Smoothie King Center studios, I remember that uh, very well, and I'm sure a lot of people remember that as well. But uh, you are keeping busy uh, with some of your new ventures. How are those going so far? They're going fantastic. Thanks for asking. Yeah, it's uh, a week into the season here. Um, uh, and, you know, usually start a new venture. Things might be uh, a little tough to navigate, but um, got right back into the saddle with uh, The Athletic and uh, our No Dunks podcast. We've, yeah, kind of veered back uh, to where we started in 2006, which is a, a, a daily podcast and uh, having a lot of fun with the same guys that were on uh, the starters. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was sort of balancing podcast versus TV, some segments, but keeping it still free and easy and uh, having a blast doing that uh, Monday through Friday. And Handles is uh, a lot of fun. Um, we just got our first one in the books this week uh, with, with Channing Fry, who is, uh, who is absolutely great. Uh, a retired player, just retired, and, and knows so many players in the league and played against them, so has – has some great insight into them, can also take a joke, so we have a lot of fun on set, and um, and, and, and is really loving the, the social aspect as well, where we're kind of just, you know, we are just watching games together, sort of like, you know, we do with the No Dunks guys, and uh, and then take it to television, so it's not, not too buttoned down, it's a little bit more free and easy, so yeah, having, having a blast. Uh, with the No Dunks podcast, you talk about you're being with your old crew. Does it kind of feel like you know you've been a, a basketball team for such time that it doesn't really seem like a new venture for you guys, just because you have been doing it so long? No, it does feel like a new venture. It's uh, you know sometimes the shelf life for teams get uh, a little bit stale and the window closes. Uh, I uh, I like the fact that we're doing something different for us. That's how we started when we, we did the first four years of our show way back when and we were independent uh, we, we added something different we were audio only and then we did we did a studio show and then a, a video show and and so uh, it keeps things fresh for us um, you know we have to look at each other's faces every single day of our lives and uh, I'm already married I don't need to be married uh, to these guys um, as well and it's uh, it's nice to to just alter it um, and uh, keep our marriage fresh, Daniel. You know, it is, it, 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 it is, it's fun. It's, it, it's totally different. Uh, you know, being, um, it, it was great in uh, at Turner Studios doing our TV show. It was definitely a challenge there. And, and this is a, a different challenge and it feels a little bit more um, kind of have a, a startup type feel uh, where we're, we're building our brand in a different way. And uh, it is getting back on the bike and, and doing it again. But, uh, but it, but it's but it's different and, and it's fresh and it's fun and I think the uh, our audience can can hear it in our voices. How much has social media and podcasting, as someone does a podcast three times a week, um, obviously that's changed the dynamic of you know social media and also just the league in general, the NBA. You see a lot of guys on doing these player podcasts. Josh Hart for us does um, the lighthearted podcast. Um, how has that changed um, how fans can ha just have more access to hearing players and gives them a different platform to kind of express how they feel? Well, it brings yeah, the uh, player's personality directly to the consumer or the, uh, the audience. Uh, it, 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 and there's just so much content out there now. Um, as we know, I mean, I think, I think we're just 
producers. I'm sure Josh Hart is is, is one of those. You know, in a way, it, just understand what people want um, a heck of a lot more, and we all have sort of access to this uh, to production capabilities, and it's uh, it's giving people what they want really. So it's I think you know the the choices that we all have in terms of consuming media, and I'm definitely one of them. I mean, I, you know, it is like Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and, and all those in, now in the sports podcasting world. There's just so much to consume and quite often too much to consume. And uh, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable. I mean, I guess it's just simple as that. There's, there's like a guy like Josh Hart, um, who's a very personable and, and, and uh, an open type of person, uh, there people are taking advantage of that. They understand that they can go directly to uh, to the consumer, and it's you know working with Channing Fry, I think, is, uh, is is just like that for handles on NBA TV. He's this personality that um, you know he's playing basketball and just talked to the media for a long time, but now he's got this opportunity in these platforms where he's working with NBA TV and Turner, not just on handles but on other shows, and uh, he gets to show his stuff. So. Uh, now you see another side of Channing Fry, you see another side of Josh Hart, um, which with uh, the media options five years ago, even uh, with, you know, podcasts were around five years ago, but they just weren't as prevalent. Like now that they have this prevalence that you can, you can just get out there and be right in people's ears, you know, in within an hour of talking, we recorded uh, a show today. We record a show every day and uh, it goes up real quick. And, um, yeah, now you have tons and tons of options. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk some basketball now, and we're almost about two weeks into the the NBA season um, as far as um, basketball being played. Um, we've seen a lot of highs. We've seen a lot of lows from some teams. Unfortunately, the Pelicans are off to a hot start, but I kind of want to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about what you've seen in the first couple weeks. Has there been anything that's stuck out to you, whether it's a certain player, whether it's a team, whether it's how the game is being played? I mean, we saw on Wednesday night the Rockets and the Wizards uh, put up 317 total points. Has there been anything that's kind of stuck out to you so far? Wow, um, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of points being put up the board on the board. I think the Rockets are are really interesting in, in the West uh, because they, they range from a team that can win it all um, when they want to buckle down or a team that will give up 158 points as they, they gave up on Wednesday night. And they seem to care when they want to care. And, um, you know, I guess that's a sort of a good and a bad thing because championship teams can kind of turn it on a little bit. Uh, but um, they tend to care more about uh, nationally televised games and, weekend games because they're rolling out this is true they're rolling out a red carpet in their arena to walk into the arena but only for weekend games and nationally televised games and so a game a wednesday night game in washington dc they don't roll out the red carpet it's not as big a deal and i think it it is sort of um a symbol of the fact that they don't want to they don't care enough to play defense on a a wednesday night in washington dc so it's that and I mentioned the the, um, the championship window when we were talking uh, non basketball earlier, talking about the 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 basketball Jones turn, the starters turn, no dunks. Uh, it's interesting with the, the Rockets. I think they've got a bit of a new life with Russell Westbrook in there. Um, but it, it, there has been a lot of points. There have been a lot of points put up on the board in general. And hearing 
you know, people at the NBA TV studios, uh, internal broadcasting, that a lot of the players are concerned with the fact that defense, on the defensive end, players don't have a chance to compete in terms of the rules. Like they just can't put their hands on, on an offensive player. They can't slow anyone down. Uh, the, the freedom of movement rules, which were implemented last year, which allow for uh, offensive players to kind of roam as they please and, and not have that that tug of the jersey, that, that that physicality on the defensive end that was there even a couple of years ago and obviously a heck of a lot more in the, in the early 2000s and the 90s. Uh, so th- I think that is something that's sticking out in my head. There's just, there's a lot of, uh, of movement out there with, on the players and by the by the offensive um, on the offensive side of the ball and that sounds like a good thing when I say it out loud um, but uh, I don't know it's it's something that's that may go a little too far in that one direction where defenders don't have the ability uh, to really get in the way um, of the of the offensive player and maybe the offensive player just has too many advantages. And uh, and so that's something I think the uh, the front offices or, or the league office I should say is keeping somewhat of an eye on. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You mentioned you mentioned the Rockets, and I went on a rant about that's the Rockets. Right. But there's there, there's so much to talk about in this league right now. It's just yeah, from from Embiid to Carl Anthony Towns, there's just uh, uh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, and uh, the league, you know, is uh, despite obviously Zion's injury, which uh, which you know hurt. It, it it sure felt like every it took the air out of the balloon for not only for Pelicans fans but the entire basketball world. Uh, things have been things. There's there's been plenty of uh, of storylines thus far. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm glad you you still touched on the Rockets because it was going to bring me to my next question. And it's kind of been a, a topic being brought up now and also of course in the off season with free agency as far as the difference now with every team trying to get a big three to now teams are going more for a duo as you would say and the Rockets being one of those with James Harden and Russell Westbrook do you feel like that's going to bring maybe a little bit more parity this year I know a lot of people are saying how wide open it is in on both sides especially in how deep the Western Conference is but do you feel like it's been good for basketball knowing that it's kind of been more of a duo base now where these teams trying to land superstars instead of two or three teams trying to get three or four guys like the Warriors for instance or even going back to Miami when LeBron was there yeah, I think uh, people are, or it seems like teams are trying for duos to come join them. The reason that it happens is because they can't get a big three or yeah. a big four. It's just it's just harder, <laughs> and and so yeah, the Warriors lucked out. I, I use the word lucked out, but or the term lucked out. But they also did draft you know, Steph, Clay, and Draymond Green. They drafted that 15 championship team, and I think we always have to remember that. Uh, but it's just hard to get a, a Bosch Wade and LeBron to come together or whatever happened in Boston. And it's, it's, it just doesn't happen very often. Um, and that's why this duo thing is happening. And the parody aspect, yes, I, I'm, it's, it's real. Uh, and I think it, it goes back to what happened with the Raptors winning the championship last year. It's, um, you know, they knocked off the Warriors and, and, maybe in a way ended that dynasty. Um, but also it shows that a team that can come out of absolutely nowhere can win this thing. And um, yeah, it feels like we're entering a bit of a different era here where 
the Warriors were the the team of the the back half of the the teens decade, and as we enter the uh, the 2020s here, um, it's could be a you know a five year window of parity. Um, but I say five years, but who the heck knows? Because the superstars are only really signing two years contracts. They're they're flexing their muscles, and Kawhi and Paul George only have two years guaranteed on their deals. And uh, yeah, things could be uh, could be fluctuating and. and July could be the biggest part of the NBA season, you know, tenfold because of, of free agency and how it may play out year to year. A couple more things for you, and I know I'm going all over the map here, but I should have I should have started this interview with asking you about the Toronto Raptors because I know you and your your No Dunks crew was I'm sure very ecstatic for how things played out in June. Have you even gone over the fact, or has it? When did it really sink in that the Raptors were world champions for you guys? Uh, yeah. That's a great question. Um, I think in when it comes it comes to definitely not June, uh, yeah. but in July and August, when not only our players bring in Larry O'Brien to their hometowns, but everybody when they start analyzing the upcoming season referred to the Raptors as, as the defending champions, and that just doesn't compute really with a a person who grew up in Toronto and. Uh, and watched a, a, a Raptors team that uh, was just free falling for a lot of the, <laughs> the the first part of the you know this century and, and back into uh, the, the late 1990s. Uh, so I think that's when it hit home when when you realize that that actually happened. Uh, it was um, yeah, it's a a bunch of fans who who really grew with the game. You know, there's been a lot of videos and even a throwback night. Uh, this week, where the Raptors threw it back to the old purple Barney dinosaur right. in 1995, it's been a lot of growth since that era, where uh, things were, you know, kind of rickety back in Toronto. And um, yes, uh, the the No Dunks crew we started our show in Toronto, so uh, very happy for for that fan base. And hey, you know, that's might be the only championship I ever see as far as the Raptors go, and I, and I hope it happens in New Orleans and and for every other organization that they can just feel what. Uh, what a lot of the Raptors fans felt. We certainly hope so. And as, as someone that was there for, you know, ring night and them unveiling the banner, you know, that city, it was, the atmosphere was incredible inside and out and the fan base was awesome. So it was really cool just to see that um, from our perspective, you know, and of course, like you mentioned, New Orleans would want to eventually win one in the future. And I know right now they're not off to a good start Tass, And, you know, they've had some nationally televised games. So I'm hoping maybe you've been able to watch them a little bit, and um, I know the first three games they just came up short at the end, and the Golden State game really wasn't much of one from their standpoint. But what have been your thoughts on the Pelicans as they've only played four games? As as we're taping this, it'll be five with the with the Denver Nuggets. What are your thoughts on them? I've watched uh, a lot of their their basketball, although the, yeah, the Warriors game was a little difficult to watch. Uh, I'm my first initial thought is wow, they're well coached. Alvin Gentry has already implemented this system where they push it and look for the best shot available and and fire off pretty quickly the how fast they're playing right out of the get-go means that they had an incredible preseason together and you know losing one of their most talented players losing their most seasoned and an all-star and drew holiday already uh i i think they've handled it very very well and yeah they almost knocked off the champs and uh I've you know I've been impressed with the confidence levels of of the former Lakers and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. Um, Brandon Ingram 
as soon as he gets another scorer around him, you know, to take a little bit of the pressure off him because teams are starting to focus on him, especially with Drew out and, and Zion out. Uh, I'm really looking forward to what he can do, you know, one-on-one uh, with some space that's created by another another player. So uh, a great sign. You know, what, you know, the, the ceiling for this team, I think, uh, was lifted a little bit just by the play of Brandon Ingram uh, thus far. And uh, it's only, it's obviously just a week. Um, but, um, you know, some players need a, a change of scenery to break out. And uh, this new start for him could be great because there's, there's you know, quite, quite a range, I think, of expectations for him. And, uh, you know, this league is about stars. And there is uh, a possibility he becomes a, a full-fledged all-star in this league and uh, looking good so far. And, and up and down the roster, you know, I focus on him, but up and down the roster, it's, um, it's been, it's been great to watch, you know, going, going deep on the bench with Ken Rich Williams. There's, there's just, there's been guys producing and uh, um, it's, it's a testament to the coaching staff that they bounce back from the Zion Williamson injury and, uh, and the Derek Favors out, and 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 then Drew, obviously. So, yeah, it's a bad start, but and there aren't moral victories in the NBA. But I, I, I really was very impressed, other than that Golden State game. That's Tass Millis of the Athletic and the No Dunks podcast, and also on NBA TV for handles. And of course, you know, I would encourage everyone to listen to No Dunks podcast. It's gotten me through a lot of workouts in the last couple of weeks. Um, and of course, you can also watch Tass on the bounce. But again. Uh, the debut of Handles on Wednesday nights via Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, building up to NBA TV's 30-minute show with Channing Fry. Tass, I really appreciate it. I know I went all around with you as far as questions, but I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and we'll talk to you down the line. Will do, Daniel. Keep the workouts going. That means we get a, a few listens a week from you. Thanks very much. Good stuff there from Tass Mellis. As uh, again, you can listen to the No Dunks podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts are played. And of course, you can watch Handles every Wednesday with Channing Fry. All right, so the Pelicans are back on the road. They'll take on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday, 4 p.m. Central. You can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. And then Monday against the Brooklyn Nets, I believe it's a 6.30 p.m. Central tip, 7.30 Eastern time zone. And, again, you can watch it on both Fox Sports New Orleans and listen on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. Again, this podcast is presented by SeatGeek. Trying to find tickets to basketball games or any other live events can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites in shady pricing with SeatGeek. You can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase in the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS, all one word, all caps, at checkout, SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Big thanks to Jim Eichenhofer and Tass Mellis for coming on. Monday's show most likely will be the podcast of Daniel and Daniels from Brooklyn, New York, as we'll preview the matchup between the Pelicans and the Nets. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a great weekend and go Pelicans.